Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Celebrate the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your hands unto the Lord, family. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Touch me with your hand. Jesus, touch me with you. So touch me with your hand, Jesus, touch me with your hand, Jesus, lift your hands and sing it to the Lord one more time, touch me with your hand, Jesus, touch me with your hand. Your prayer, tell the Lord again, touch me with your hand, Jesus, touch me with your hand, I don't want to go. me with your hand, Jesus, Jesus, I come Same way I came. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the glory ready to be revealed in our lives. Thank you, Father, for your word, which contains the power to heal, the power to deliver, the power to restore, the power to transform. The power to change destinies. The power to minister hope and comfort. And as your word comes forth this morning, may it accomplish all of these things mentioned in our lives. I pray that you will touch everyone today. Those physically present, those online, those presently watching, those who will watch later, may none be the same after going through this morning service. I give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus if you don't mind. And tell your neighbor something good is coming your way today. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. More than 90% of you sat down before I said you may be seated. Everybody rise. And everybody, you may to be seated. Now put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Today is a special day, isn't it? It is Father's Day. And on behalf of the leadership and the membership of the Shepherd's Fold Restoration Family, I want to wish all fathers, all father figures, by extension, all husbands, a happy Father's Day. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to invite all fathers, all father figures, yeah, all true. husbands to rise to your feet so we can acknowledge yeah, true, you and celebrate you this morning. Yes. 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 Yes.
I thought you are going to clap for fathers. Clap for them. Hallelujah. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Celebrate them. Hallelujah. Dedicated to all fathers. Happy Father's Day to you. Give Jesus a big hand and celebrate all fathers one more time. Hallelujah. At the tail end of the service, we will call you forward and pray for you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. You know, Father's Day is a special day that is celebrated in 111 countries across the world. And it's a day set aside to recognize, to celebrate, to honor, and appreciate fathers. Now, fathers play a very important but difficult role in society. And the truth is that fathers are not as appreciated as mothers are. That that is... (laughs) But that is why... It is heartwarming to know that it was through a woman that Father's Day was instituted. There's a lady called Sonora Smart Dodd. Sonora. Smart. Smart. Dog. And yet, dog. Dodd. D O D D. Dodd. Dot, yeah. So now she lived in a city called Spokane in Washington State. Now, America, Washington, could be a friend. Spokane. Spokane. Now, in 1909, she went for a Mother's Day church service. And as the service went on, she found herself thinking about her father. She started reflecting on her father who was a civil war veteran. And 
But as a single father, he took care of her and her five siblings. And as she reflected on everything their father did for them, because their mother was not around, she felt that there was a need to set aside a day to recognize and celebrate fathers. So that is when she started a campaign for Father's Day to be instituted. Thankfully, she was successful. And so the first Father's Day was celebrated in Spokane on the 19th of June, 1910. And the holiday spread quickly to the other parts of the United States of America. And in 1972, the U.S. Congress instituted that Father's Day should be celebrated all across the different states in America. So, so that's a little history about Father's Day. So when you go and somebody asks you, this Father's Day thing, what is it all about? Can you say at least something? Yeah. If you can remember the woman's name, cry, remember dog, then add dog, then you should be okay. All right? Amen. Wonderful. And so fathers, father figures and husbands, we salute you today for the love, for the support and the guidance that you give to the family. Now we know that your work as fathers is not easy. And that as fathers, we go through so much to be able to carry out our responsibilities. Look, the truth is that fathers are not perfect. Fathers have flaws. And fathers have failures. For the simple reason that Pastor Paul, I think it can be somebody usher Pastor Paul to the front for me, please. Thank you very much. Now, the truth is that, you know, just like every other human being, fathers have issues. But we want to say to our fathers that we still love you and we appreciate your efforts. Hallelujah. And our prayer is that our heavenly father who is the perfect father will fill all fathers with his fatherly tendencies so that we will do better at what we do as fathers and so that we'll be able to carry out our roles well. Hallelujah. Amen. So at the tail end of the service, we'll be praying for fathers and um, I believe that God is going to bless us. Amen. So now this morning, I want to share a Father's Day message with us and I have titled my message 10 Goals fathers must aspire to. Ten goals that fathers must aspire to. 
it must be the desire of all fathers to be good fathers and especially for those of you who are yet to be fathers that must be your desire and in order to be good fathers in order to become good fathers there are some goals that we must work towards. And I want to say to us that wherever we are as fathers on the ladder of good fatherhood, we can actually climb higher and become better as fathers. And it's my prayer that today's message will inspire all of us. If you are a woman, if you are a mother, don't feel that today's message is not for you. Because there are important things that you're going to hear that will help you to appreciate what fathers are and what fathers do. If and if you're here with your husband, you can remind him when you get home. That did you hear what Pastor was saying to you today? I can see that number one, number two, number seven, you are not doing well at all. So please up your game and begin to do better. Hallelujah. Is it a good idea? A lizard came to church this morning. Jesus said we should preach the gospel to all creatures. Is that not so? Is a lizard a creature? Then it is included in the Great Commission. Mr. Lizard, you are welcome to church this morning. You and all other creatures that we cannot see. Amen. Amen. Alright. Now, let me start off by touching briefly on who a father is. Who do we describe as a father? Now, when we say father, we are referring to the male parent. The male parent. So, the one who gave birth to you other than your mother. Are you aware that it is not only your mother who gave birth to you? You are not minding me. I said, are you aware that it is not only your mother who gave birth to you? She needed somebody to help her to do so. Somebody called a man had to produce something. And that thing that he produced combined with something else that your mother had. And through that combination you were born. So that man who produced that something for your mother to be able to conceive you is called father. Alright, so he's a male parent 
through whom you came into existence other than your mother. Number two, when we also talk about fathers, we are also referring to father figures like your father-in-law, your stepfather, your substitute father, so you know sometimes people are adopted so he didn't give birth to you biologically but he takes you up lives with you and brings you up so this also refers to male guardians. So all these are father figures. And here we can include spiritual fathers. Like your pastor, the father of a church movement. Actually, in the Catholic church, their priests are called fathers. And so when we talk about fathers, it includes all of these. Then of course, a father is any man who exercises paternal care over other persons. And he does so by providing for them and protecting them. So if you have anybody in your life who exercise parental care over you provided for you protected you then that person is a father to you my father died very early he died at the age that I am at now and um, I was about 10 years old when he passed but the one who took up that parental or paternal responsibility over me and my siblings was my big brother he was still young and this was even before he got married he became the father of the home and he took care of us and together with my mother saw me through school through my education so he occupies a very special place in my life and I celebrate him today hallelujah so when we say father, generally speaking, we are referring to these categories of people that I have mentioned. Alright. Now let's move on into 10 goals that fathers must aspire to. And we're going to do this very quickly. 10 goals that fathers must aspire to. Goals number one. Fathers must aspire to be spiritual and lead the family to serve God. If you are a father, 
and you want to be a good father, you must aspire to be spiritual. And you must take up a leadership position and guide your entire family and the members of your household to serve God. That is the first goal that fathers must aspire to. What does it mean to be spiritual? To be spiritual means to be conscious of God. And to be conscious of the things of God. To be spiritual means to be conscious of God. And to be conscious of the things of God. When you are spiritual, you always consider the God factor in your life. And you seek God. And you desire to serve him and to get to know him better. That is what it means to be spiritual. To be spiritual means to be interested and involved in the things of God. And I submit to you this morning that all fathers and all father figures and all husbands and all present day fathers and fathers to be must have it as a very important goal to be spiritual and to lead the family to serve God. Genesis chapter 18 verse 16 to 19 from the King James Version. Genesis 18 16 to 19 one day God in the presence of two angels came to visit Abraham God was on his way to check out Sodom and Gomorrah because he had heard about bad things that were happening there and he wanted to assess things for himself but he visited Abraham may God visit us Amen. I said may God visit us Amen. may God visit all fathers Amen. in the name of Jesus Amen. so the Bible says and the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom Sodom and Abraham went with them Abraham, to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Then God continues and says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him 
and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Hallelujah. Amen. So God testifies about Abraham. God says, I know him which means I have a relationship with him which means he has a relationship with me and that constitutes spirituality so in essence God was saying that Abraham is a spiritual person and he says I know him that he will direct his entire household after me to keep my ways and to do what is right. So God said this about Abraham who was a father. And I say to all fathers today that we must press on and we must strive to be spiritual. Joshua 24 verse 15 from the New Living Translation of the Bible. It says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, but as for me and my family, can all fathers and all men lift up their hands and say with me, but as for me and my family, can everybody else join in, lift your hand and say, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. These were the words of Joshua. That great army captain and leader of the people of Israel. Who led them across the Jordan into the promised land. The land flowing with milk and honey. He was about to die. He had finished his assignments. He gathered all the people. And he gave his last speech. And then he says to them in conclusion. That you guys decide who you will serve. Decide who you will commit yourselves. But as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. In essence, he's saying that as for me and my family, those who live under my roof, those that I am in charge of, those that I head, that family unit that I am the head of, we will serve the Lord. He was a father. Declaring his intention, showing his commitment to serve the Lord. So we say to all fathers today that we must strive hard, we must aspire to be spiritual and to serve the Lord. Listen to me, fathers. God bless you for all the hard work you put in. 
to provide for the family. Thank God that you are working hard to build a house. Thank God that you are trying hard to buy a car to make commutation easier for you and your family. Thank God for all the nice things you are trying to acquire to make your home a nice home. These are good things. But may I say to us fathers today that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? The Bible says that we should lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven where moth and rust that not corrupt where thieves do not break in and steal hallelujah Amen. and what the word of God is getting us to understand yeah. is this that having the nice things of this life is great providing the best of this life for your family is excellent. But above all of that, spiritual things must hold precedence. And priority to us as fathers must be God. Must be the things of God. Must be serving God. So do everything that you can to provide for your family. But above all, strive and aspire to be spiritual. Pray. Read the Bible. Come to church. Bring the family to church. Don't come and drop them and go back. And then after service, you come and pick them up. Don't tell your children, come on, go to church. Go to church. And you don't come. It is a problem when it is like that. Because when you do that, you are very far from becoming a good father. Remember that without God, nothing that you do will go well. It may look to be working, but along the line, the cracks will appear and you will meet something and you will see something that will make you see that there are certain things that are beyond your natural strength and ability that you need the God factor in your life. May God help us fathers to be spiritual and to serve the Lord. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Number two. Fathers must aspire to provide a comfortable life for the family. Fathers must aspire to provide a comfortable life for the family. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 8. New King James Version. The Bible says. But if anyone does not provide for his own. And especially for those of his household. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Obviously, this scripture is speaking to fathers. And he says that if fathers do not provide for their own and do not provide for those who belong to 
There are households. Then something bad is happening. They have denied the faith. And are worse than an unbeliever. An unbeliever is somebody who doesn't believe in God. An unbeliever is somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus. Now, unbelievers are taught by natural laws that if you are a father, you must provide for your family. It is a, it's a natural order of things. Even animals understand that. So, unbelievers know that it is essential to provide for your family. And if you are a Christian father, a believer, you believe in Jesus, you uphold the name of Jesus, yet you do not do everything that you can legally to provide for your family. So every time things are not okay at home, every time there's no food, every time there's no money, every time people are chasing your, 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 your wife because she's gone to borrow tomatoes, onion, groundnuts, gari, sugar. When that happens, it means that something is not working well. Because fathers are expected to provide for their families and to do what they can to provide a comfortable home. You may not have all the niceties of this life, but at least basic comfort there. You must do all you can to provide for your family. May God strengthen all fathers and give them that ability to provide for the home. Can I have an amen from somebody? And I want to say to mothers that by this statement that I have made that fathers are supposed to provide for the family and make sure the home is comfortable. It doesn't mean that you don't have a role to play in that regard. Hello mothers. I said, hello, mothers. Hello, hello, wives. And I'm saying what I'm saying. You are here, is that not so? Whenever I do marriage counseling, sometimes I get amused when I listen to the young ladies who are about to get married. Because you can see that they have a mindset. Especially when we get to talk about finances at home. Their mind is that it is the responsibility of the husband to provide for the house. Whatever I earn is my money. Whatever money I have do not include it in the calculations. 
is my money. To do what I want to do with it. Don't plan with my money. So when I move and talk about finances, and I explain to them that there is nothing like your money and my money. It is our money. I'm sure that there are some women who are insulting me in their head right now. That pastor, you were preaching nicely. Now you have spoiled the sermon. What are you saying? If nobody ever told you, I am telling you today, there is nothing like your money and my money. It is our money. Because the two shall become one. All that I have is thine. And all that thou hast is mine. And fortunately, God has made me the head of the whole. And my headship extends to the finances. I know that you don't like my message. But you see, a good head, a good husband knows that you shouldn't bully your wife and cheat her when it comes to monetary affairs. If you are wise, you work in conjunction with her. You plan with her. You budget with her to take care of the home. That is when you will have great results in everything that you do. Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. Anytime I'm preaching to the men and I tell them that you must help your wife at home, I know that you women like such preaching. So I tell them, help the man. Sweep. Clean. Wash. Take care of the children. Assist. When I say these things, the women are happy. How many women who believe in Jesus can say that what I am saying is true? You are happy when I'm giving it to the men like that. Wow. Those of you who don't believe in Jesus, you did not lift your hands. So in the same vein, women and wives must understand that even though it is a primary responsibility of the man to build a comfortable home for the family without your support it cannot be done and you must all see yourselves as being part of the same team with one singular objective to have a good home and a comfortable home. I took a little digression (laughs) but I am coming back to my person. Clap for me even if you are angry with my message. Number three. Fathers must aspire to protect the family. Fathers must aspire to protect the family. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 11 to 14. Nehemiah had a God-given assignment to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. 
and he led a team of exiles who had returned to Jerusalem to reconstruct the broken down walls. But they met a lot of opposition from people like Sambalat and Tobiah and their, their crowds. So in verse 11 of Nehemiah chapter 4, the Bible says, Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, Before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Whoever has an agenda to hurt you or to harm you, may God crumble that agenda. Amen. May every imagination against you and against your loved ones fail. Amen. May every arrow that is shot in your direction to cause your failure and downfall, may that arrow be broken Amen. May no word spoken against you and your loved ones come to pass. Amen. May every counsel taken against you fail this month. Amen. May every trap that is set for you be dismantled. Amen. And may the armies of heaven fight on your behalf. Shall I receive it? Receive it. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. And fight. Everybody say fight. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your hopes. Nehemiah was charging the people. And he was speaking to the men. He was speaking to fathers. And he was speaking to them and saying to them that fight for your household. In other words, take a stand and protect your family and protect your home. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the responsibility of fathers to protect their families. And we must seek protection for our families by prayer. You should always start from, from the spiritual angle. Because except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that building. And except the Lord keep watch, the watchman wicketh in vain. So to protect your family, you must seek 
the protection of God. And always take up your family in prayer before the Lord. And pray for protection for your wife and for your children and for the members of your household. It is important. And it is your duty to seek their protection spiritually. But not just spiritually alone. But physically. Make sure your home is secure. Don't build a house and fix poploma doors. Be interested in securing the house. It is your duty to make sure that your home is protected. Because you will not be in the house all the time. And you must think about the safety and the security of your family. It must be on your mind. And it is your duty to do so. Hallelujah. Amen. It is your duty to protect your family from somewhere family members. Some of us come from families with somewhere family members. Uncles and aunties and brothers and siblings who are very cantankerous. And you now you know. And you must protect your family from them. Look, some of you, eh, if you don't secure your family when you are no longer around, when you are gone, what will happen to your family? It will not be easy. They can easily be driven out of the house. They can easily become homeless. So think about this. Secure your family. Have investments. Enter into life policies. Because all of that is part of protecting your family. And that song that you've been sitting, the money, that song that you've been singing, that the money that I earn is not enough for me to invest in anything. It's a bad mind to have. You must protect your family by securing their future. You have to protect your children from negative influences, from bad company, from bad friends. Protect them from the evil influences of the world. There are some parents. They allow our children to watch everything on the television. They are always on the social media. And what you don't understand is that there are so many evil things that go on there. And all, you, you, you've just bought all kinds of gadgets for them. Your little child. Eight years. Nine years has unrestrained access to everything on the net. You are not protecting him. And you are not protecting her. And one day you will wake up and discover that your child has turned into something very busy. It is our duty to protect our children. When we were growing up, we did not have access to certain things. 
But now in this liberal world in which we live, there are so many things happening. And the children come under a lot of negative influences. And fathers, we must protect them. We must protect our family. It's one of the things we must aspire to. Can somebody say an amen to that? Amen. Number four, fathers must aspire to discipline their children. Fathers must discipline their children. Proverbs 19 verse 18. Discipline your children while there is hope. There is a time when discipline comes too late. When, it, when discipline comes at the wrong time, the harm may already have been done. So that's why the Bible says, discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Proverbs 13, 24. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Fathers, we must discipline our children. When there's a need to cane them, they must be caned. When there is a need to withhold certain benefits from them as a way of disciplining them. We must do so. If we fail to discipline them, they will turn into little beasts. My father beat me many times. And so did my mother. Because she was a headmistress. And how many of you know that teachers have canes at home? Yeah, I have received quite a few lashes in my life. It didn't hurt me. It didn't harm me. Of course, there are excesses that have taken place. And there are some fathers when they are disciplining their children, it's like they are trying to kill the child. What is this discipline that you are inflicting that by the time you finish, your child's back is ripped. The way you lashed him on his bamba. He cannot sit normally on a chair for one week. For him to be okay. He has to sit on hot water. <laughs> with a little pepper and ginger. <laughs> to take care of the wounds. There are excesses that take place. And I frown at all such excesses. If you are disciplining in love. The intention will be to reform. Not to destroy. That must not be the aim. 
So watch the strength with which you are inflicting the lashes. It shows your heart and your motive. And ladies and gentlemen, there are different ways of disciplining a child. But by all means, fathers, we must discipline the children. Because foolishness is bound up in their hearts. And it is the road of correction. It is the what? The road of correction. That will drive it far from there. Hallelujah. Number five. Just five minutes I finished. Number five. Fathers must aspire to get into the lives of their children. Fathers must aspire to get into the lives of their children. Number six. Fathers must aspire to be friends with their children. Proverbs 22 verse 6. So the fifth goal is that fathers must aspire to get into the lives of their children. And number six. Fathers must aspire to be friends with their children. And what does Proverbs 22 verse 6 King James Version says? Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. I want to say to us fathers that you can never fulfill the scripture until you are into the lives of your children. Training them, training the children is not just about giving instructions, giving commands and issuing rules and regulations. Because if you think that that is all it takes for children to turn out well, let me disabuse your mind. Because there are some children who are very bad children today. But their parents were very strict. They lived in houses with a lot of rules and regulations. But they haven't turned out well. Because there is more to training the children. And bringing them up than giving instructions. Wake up at this time. Brush your teeth. Lay your bed. Sweep the kitchen. Don't watch television. Go to bed by this time. All these rules and instructions are important. But in bringing up the children, you will be most effective when you are into the children. When you are into their lives when you try to be friends with them. And that is why sometimes mothers get better results with the children than fathers do. Because unfortunately, a lot of us fathers were brought up in such a way that we don't know how to be friends with our children. To play with them. To interact with them. To talk to them to get to find out what is going on with them. And because you are not friends with them, there are certain things they don't tell you. But because there are things you don't just tell anybody. There are things you only tell those who are your friends. So if we want to do well as fathers, we must be into our children. Don't be a terrorist in your child's life. 
dictator. I'm a commander. <laughs> when your children see you, attention! It is only when you say stand at ease that they can stand at ease. A lot of homes, when daddy is not there, there's a lot of happiness, a lot of excitement. When they hear that daddy is coming, away bus. Everybody scatters. There's something wrong. And one of the reasons why it is like that is because many of us fathers are not into our children. One day, look, I'll end at this point because my time is up. We'll see whether we continue next week. But somebody's sons came to see me. They didn't come at the same time. Now, their father had reported to me that he was having too many issues with them. It's like they, 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 they had rebelled against him. And they were not doing what he wanted them to do. So, I invited them to come and see me. One after the other. And after speaking to them, I realized that there was a problem. And then the problem was that their father was too strict. And he wasn't into their lives. Everything that a father is supposed to provide, he was providing. And he had actually built a comfortable home for the family. But there was a problem. The problem was that, the, that his children did not like him. And they saw him as a tyrant. Always screaming. Always shouting. Always correcting. Always giving instructions. Always spoiling joy. So he was not their friend. I called the father. And I explained to him. That if you are not careful. You will lose these boys. You need to be friends with them. I said there are times when you should put them in your car. Take them on a drive somewhere. Have a chat with them. Relax. It's not every time. Have you had your quiet time? What did you read this morning? Have you done your... Well, uh, give me one scripture. One scripture that you memorized. Have you listened to the preaching message? Today? You see, you are trying. You are trying to get the best out of your children. You are following the scripture. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, you will not depart from it. But you are not going about it in a correct way. So the children did not like their father. So much so. That one of them can actually fight his father. His father hits him. And he hits the father back. And the father himself, he knows 
that this my son if I don't take care he will beat me but something has led to all of that it's because in bringing up the children he never was in their lives in a certain way he wasn't friends with them he, 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 he never relaxed with them. And I don't know what to say. Sometimes when they are very little, it is done. But then when they are growing up, and then they become a little more difficult, then the father switch. And they want to use the show of strength. What? And Takashi to try and correct them. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. That's why all fathers must aspire to be into their children and to be friends with them because that is what will help you to train them in the way they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from those ways. Ladies and gentlemen, my time is up. We will see what the Lord will do next week. But I want us to rise to our feet and give thanks to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Father, we want to thank you today, Jesus. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for what has come forth regarding fathers, what we must aspire towards, what we must aim for in order to be good and effective fathers. Father, I pray today and ask for forgiveness for our failures as fathers. There are areas where we haven't done well. We have not set sometimes good examples for our children. there are times when we have provoked them. There are times when we have demotivated and discouraged our children. Father, we ask you to forgive us for our failures. And now I pray today thanking you that your Holy Spirit is our helper. May your spirit help all fathers to do better in our work, in our role, and in our responsibility as fathers. In the name of Jesus. Whatever has gone wrong in carrying out our assignment, we know, Father, that you are the one who is able to straighten and who is able to correct it. May you straighten the rough edges. May you straighten the crooked paths. Where we've deviated and gone off, lead us back onto the right path in the name of Jesus. And let there be a restoration of the relationships that we fathers are supposed to have with our children. I pray, Father, that you would turn the hearts of the fathers unto the children. And that you would turn the hearts of the children unto the fathers. In the mighty name of Jesus. Anything that the devil has meant for evil. In whichever way he has infiltrated our relationship with our children. I pray, Father, step in and turn things round for the better. Everything that the enemy has meant for evil, turn it round for our good. And let there be a transformation in our lives and in our role as fathers. I thank you, Father, today in Jesus' mighty name. 
Every head bowed and every eye closed. I would like to pray for you if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. It is very important that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. That you can call him my Lord and my Savior. And the way to do this is to give him your heart and is to give him your life. I want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, do not let this day end without you surrendering your heart to him. And wherever you are, physically present here, watching online, if you need this Jesus who changes lives in your heart, lift up your hand and pray this prayer with me. Say with me, Heavenly Father, this morning, I come to you just as I am. Oh God, I need you like I've never needed anyone before. Please come into my life. Wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. Make my life new. Change my destiny in the name of Jesus. From today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Be my guide. Lead me by your spirit. Make my life beautiful. I thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.